Welcome back to Jack Howard Colour, the podcast. Today's guest is Adina Pignatare, and she has got the most incredible story talking about how she felt like a small town girl at the trade show to her phenomenal career now with 153,000 followers, brand ambassador for L'Oreal Professional and all things education. What an amazing story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to Jack Howard Colour, the podcast. I'm super excited today to have on Adina Pignatore because I was desperate to get you on and last minute shuffle rounds and you've been able to do it. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to connect with you and um, hang out for the afternoon. Well, hopefully it won't be the whole afternoon. I don't want to take up all your time, right? But a, a good hour of chat. Now, Adina, you've got this really impressive resume going on at the moment. We've got 150. 3,000 followers, right, which is a big number to get to. So congratulations on that. That's a lot of hard work. You're a hairstylist and an educator. I know you do some uh, private education as well. And I want to talk about your collab that you've got with with Jessica. That's really interesting to me and what you're doing. But you're also a BTC team member. Everyone seems to be, all the good ones seem to be BTC team members, right? I mean, it's fantastic. I love BTC. But you're also a L'Oreal professional ambassador. Um, which is really, really interesting. I want to talk to you about that. There's a whole load of things I want to kind of get the tea on. But my first thing is, where are you based? And then how did it start? Um, I'm in a small town in Massachusetts, uh, Westfield, Mass. I'm about an hour and a half away from Boston. Um, You know, and I've been around hair forever. My aunt was a hairstylist. She owned a salon. And she's like the cool aunt, the aunt that never had kids that you always wanted to be with. I think like everyone has like a cool aunt. And, um, you know, I just remember going to her salon and like loving the atmosphere and like what she did. And I thought it was where I wanted to be. I also knew I didn't want to go to college too. So that definitely played a part in choosing what my career path would be. So in, in the States, for the viewers who don't live here, there's a, there's a huge push for everyone to go to college, isn't there? It's like, go to college, go to college, go to college. Definitely. And a lot, of, a lot of American guests have gone to college and then chosen the career afterwards yes. in hairdressing. Whereas before you knew and you were able to be clear about not wanting to go to college. Yeah, no, I knew I did not want to go to college. I was really never good in school. Um, I think this kind of like plays a part with like my story and um, like hurdles I've had to overcome to get to this point too, because uh, I'm also dyslexic. So today, if I say anything that you feel like you're like, what the hell did Dina just say? Like, feel free. I'm no longer embarrassed by that. Um, but I was definitely in like the extra help classes after school programs um, for learning so it's just crazy to think like where I was growing up to getting to this point. It's just like, if you asked me this, like back in the day, I would be like, hell no, I'd never talk to a crowd nor even have this type of conversation. Mm. Um, so I know we'll probably get in, into that more as we talk, but that definitely, um, yeah, that's part of my beginning. <laughs> so did you, you stayed at school till you were 18 or did you start hairdressing in school? No. So I was in normal school um, until I was 18. And when I graduated, I started hair school. Right. And, and when was that then? What sort of time frame are we looking at? How many years ago was that? 13 years, actually 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Wow. And you walk into beauty school, as we call it here in the USA. I always think that's quite interesting, beauty school. But you walk <laughs> into beauty school and did you feel at home straight away? 
the school I went to, I have some stories for days when it comes to there. Um, yes and no. Like I couldn't wait to be over because the things you do in hair school are, is not real life for a lot of us. Like we did so many perms and I haven't done a perm since I graduated hair school, but I bet you I could still roll a good perm because we rolled so (laughs) many back then. Um, so yes and no, like I, it was in my, um, creative ways, but like, it was so structured in a way of like doing roller sets and finger waves and then perms and things that I feel like didn't do anything but like strengthen my hands. You say that right, but I started, and of course it was all perms. It was Farrah Fawcett was the look, right, for in my era. And so it was roller sets, it was perms, it was pin curls, but there's a discipline in it that I might not have recognised at the time when you used to think, God, this is so old-fashioned. This is, I'm never going to do this. But the disciplines somehow have played out into my career in, in the way I approach things. And you're you're very disciplined. Yes, for sure. I'm definitely structured. I like having a schedule, um, a plan. I've always been that way. I feel like I'm goal-driven. If I don't have a goal, I'm not going to get to that next level. Um, mm-hmm. And I also you know, in the start of my career too, once I graduated school, I'm still at the same salon that I started in. I never left. Are you? Are you? Um, Because they treat me well. And I'm very proud of where I work. Um, But I also started, when I started at Designer's Edge 14 years ago, it was a summit salon. Do you know of Michael Cole? No, I don't. Tell me more. Oh, you need to interview him. Like he is the MVP of like L'Oreal PD. Like he is... It's just crazy. So to give you um, a little bit of history. So when I started working at Designer's Edge, they are a summit salon. And what a summit salon is, is it's basically helping a salon run, um, you know, appropriately with goals and um, to get your styles to be driven, um, understanding numbers and how like, you know, because when we all graduated hair school, everybody told us we'd maybe make $20,000 a year, which is a joke. Um, But you know, and it, it set you up for success. Um, so Michael Cole is the beginning of the era of um, business for hair. Yes. He was the first one to come up with a program um, to make salons be profitable, to come up with ideas um, and things of that nature. And it's just funny because it's like full circle, like 15 or 14 years ago, I went to one of his um, what's up? Like a um, convention, and I was there, and I remember being nineteen, hanging out with my boss, where I had like way better things to do at nineteen to go to like a convention and sit there. And it's crazy because the way he spoke and the way he did things, it totally like went into my brain. And I use a lot of the things that he taught us um, till this day. And you know, what's funny is now I tutor him on how to do social media. Ah, the world is a small place, right? Now yeah, this it, this summit salon sounds like a a three sixty. So it's like from the time a client enters to the time they exit, and how you look after them all the way through that. It's, I think that there's a program in the UK called Salon in Motion, which is okay. similar to that. They sort of take people through it, but it's a piece of the business that we never get taught at college, at beauty school, and it's right. it's definitely. I'm a guest. Nancy Braun came on many years ago. And she talks about the the missing piece for us as hairdressers and the fact that we aren't taught really how to run a business. And every column is a business. It doesn't matter whether you're independent or you work for a huge chain or you work for a a small, small group. 
Well, and that's what he did. So he was a hairdresser in the seventies, the beginning of the eighties. And, um, for maybe like about 10 years, he said, and, uh, he started going to all these like um, conventions and like getting tapes from the library and anything else like that, that he could educate himself on of like how to invest, how to make more money, um, everything like that. And nothing ever went towards the working person, like the hairdresser, the trade goer. Um, It was always about corporate world and um, those types of jobs. And so he was like, I need to do this. I need to teach my community of like how we can make money and how we can also like save and look at like, a you know, when you look at your day to look at holes as opportunities and not as like a negative and just having a different mindset to build your career. He also has like a calculator that will help you understand, like if you want to make a hundred grand a year, how simple it truly is. It's just a matter of having a goal and understanding how to do it. Um, And so he's the MVP of it. He's just, he's the one who started it. And it's, I think it's a part of my story as well is that like, man, does things come full circle? Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, 14 years ago, he taught me a lot. I remember, I mean, we had, um, his people that worked for him that came into the salon that helped coordinate the salon in the beginning. Um, and that's how I started. And it's like all these times later we connect, I talk to him every single week and I help him with the social media. It's an amazing industry. I think, I think it's a shame that we, um, that it's put out there that you can't have a great living. I mean, we all talk about how great our lives are, but somehow that message is so diluted and you can make a lot of money in this business if you've got the business savvy. So for somebody like you, Unlike me, really, you know, not so great in school in that typical education background, going into a salon that was very structured, that, that had some goals driven. How did what did, what clicked for you in that? Um, what clicked for me in that? I feel like if you give me a job, I'm gonna finish it. I always like to finish what I was given or started. Um, so I when I came in is that is that a is that part of your character? Yeah. I don't like to be a quitter. Like I'm going to, even if I don't like to do it, I'm going to still do it. Um, you know, I, I, that's just me. Um, but yeah, I don't, when I started at designers, Edge, I actually started as an assistant. I yes. assisted under my boss, um, for maybe like nine months to a year. And, and as I say to my assistants now, this program can go as long as you want it. Like, it's all about your drive and your will and how fast you want to get on the floor. You got to show me. And I didn't want to assist forever. I wanted to get what I needed and get on the floor and start creating um, hair. I love people. I love talking. And I always loved um, doing things with my hands, you know, like art or whatever it may be. Um, So what clicked for me with that program and working at Designer's Edge was just like, I feel like you, how can you be driven if you don't have a goal? Yeah, that's very good. I like that. I've never seen it presented like that before. And they set me goals in order to like make it to get on the floor. And I was surrounded by so many talented women that were making really great money. And I was like, man, I can't wait for one day I can be like them. Yes. And I knew that there was an opportunity to do so. And I surrounded myself with people that were successful. And some people around me, they only want to work 20 hours a week and they don't care. And that's that's what they want to do, you know? Um, but I, I surrounded myself with the people that came to work looking good and made money and took what their clients did seriously. Um, I feel like having a good role model and being having a goal to drive you is what you need sometimes. Mm. I think that... It's interesting, isn't it? Because 
you talk about staying in the same group for 14 years, which is just well done you. Um, so you're an advocate for a salon work, right? I, I really worry about our industry and the fact that there's this drive to go independent. And then there's no one there to help you, right? When you're in that in that booth, unless you are a go-getter and you surround yourself with other people, if you're independent, it can be a very, very lonely place and there's no one to bounce any ideas off. I totally agree with you. Um, not to knock anyone, like if you want a booth rent or go into a suite, I think that's fabulous. Um, it's anything that's going to make you have happiness mm. for me though. Like I, I get treated right. So, and I know a lot of other salons, you may not feel like a team player or, um, that you're not treated as well. Like my boss never knocks me off my high horse and doesn't make me feel like I can't get to that next level mm. in, in feeling nervous that I would leave. I feel like a lot of people get that from their owners is that like, they'll knock them down when they're climbing because they're afraid that they'll leave them. And in yes. sense, they're actually, they're going to leave you quicker if that's what you do to them. Um, and I don't have that. I have a boss that literally supports every decision I make. She's thrilled at anything I do. Um, and I always share the knowledge. Anytime I teach a class, I bring my assistants with me. They get a class for free, mm. you know? And, um, I think it just, it washes both hands in a lot of ways if you're in a good place. Um, it's a give and take, isn't it? It's a give and take of working in a salon, I think. I, I prefer working with a team rather than just being independent. There's something there's something energizing about it. And there are, are nuances of being in a salon that you can actually then take on the road with you as well when you're teaching. So it, it's there's something about it for me. And I do worry. But I agree with you. If, if the salon isn't giving you anything if they're just taking everything and knocking you down then that isn't a healthy environment right I mean my my salon is so good to me they give me a full-time paid assistant that I don't pay for um I have some health benefits and paid vacation and things like that and we're like I know that's like scarce for this industry to have yeah especially in America especially in America yeah um so it's like why would I leave that? I'm, um, and also she sees the value right now at designer's edge. There's six girls that I've trained that are all killing it. So it's like a little upfront money for me to train them to help me. And then eventually their wings open and then they fly, you know? Um, Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I've trained six of them at this point and they're all doing fabulous. And one is ready to have her own assistant too. So it's just like, it's, it just keeps building. We'll come back to that, I think, because I think there's, a load, there's loads in there too, loads to unpack in that. But So you, you get on the floor within nine months and there's no Instagram, there's no social media at that point, maybe probably Facebook, I would have thought back then. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're working, so being supported, recommendations from clients are seeing your work. How did Instagram take off for you? Um, Instagram started taking off about four years ago. Um, okay. before that, it was just like, I post a pretty picture and then I would post a party picture. Cause I was in my twenties living my best life, you know? Um, so it wasn't all that serious. I would post a couple hair. I'd post a cool picture of me and my friends and whatever. Pretty much like most of us start off with, I suppose, yeah. really. At, yeah. at that point in that era. Yeah. Um, but four years ago, I was invited to this um, VIP Purology event and I thought it was fake. I got a DM on Instagram and they were like, hey, we want you to come to New York. We're going to give you a chauffeur. We're paying for your hotel um, this upcoming weekend, which I so happenly to have off. And I'm like, what? 
And I remember telling my mom, my mom's like, you're not going, you're not going to the big apple by yourself. Like someone's going to steal you. Steal you. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to do what I do best and not listen to you and get my ass in that car and go to New York city. Um, and which I did, they came, they picked me up from my house. Um, they drove me all the way to New York, which is about three and a half hours. Um, I stayed at this absolutely gorgeous hotel. I went to the Pureology VIP event, which I never knew there was this side of the hair industry. I always thought I would be standing behind the chair cutting hair forever. And like, I never knew that the only thing I ever knew is when I'd go to like a Redken show or, you know, like a convention, like, you know, Orlando premiere or something. And I would see something like that, where I'd see these people on stage with like really crazy outfits and their hair is wild and nothing relatable to me at all. Yes. I would be like, okay, I don't know. I'm just going to like walk around here. I'm a small town girl, whatever. And I buy like a random accessory of some sort and move on, you know? Let's let's just stop there for a minute, right? And you, I think that's the piece, isn't it? That you go to those events and you don't feel spoken to. And you you said it, I just, just a small town girl. I'm just going to have a walk around town, which isn't the case at all. But imagine that's the impact that those shows have on so many of us. I think that it could be changing at this point. I feel like yes. it, with social media, it helps. It shows people like myself or you or, you know, Jessica Scott hair or someone that we are relatable to um, on these stages that we might not look completely goth and we're doing like hair that could be relatable. Mm. Right. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with what I, with those people. Um, I just felt like I never had a connection. And I feel like that goes back to social media. If you don't feel like you can relate to someone then why would you follow them? Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a skip. Let's go back into the fact you're getting out this fabulous car in a great in a great hotel at a, a purology event, and um, yeah. reckon know reckon know how to do an event, of course. Um, so they it was four of us. I actually met someone from London, um, Craig's World of Hair, and there's two other people and myself, and we're all very different. We are all like different people that were um, chosen, and. I do think I was somewhat of an afterthought because they asked me five days before, but I so happened to can make it work. And I'm so glad I did because that weekend I learned a lot about the industry. I learned that there's a bigger world than just what's behind my chair in Westfield, Massachusetts. I learned like how they make a layout and like a, like a flat lay and like how like putting a product with a purse tells a story. And I never even thought of it like that. And like how a stock photo that you see on a brand actually like has a story and a purpose. And it's not just like, Hey, here's this product. Um, they also, I learned smells like the difference between an orange and the, in Florida and an orange in California and how you can still recognize that they're an orange, but they don't smell the same. Mm. Um, and how much work goes into a bottle of shampoo. I had no clue, like not a, not a clue. Um, and then I so happened to leave this fancy dinner, um, go back to the hotel to have drinks with a few of the people we met. And I sit down and I was sitting next to Tracy Cunningham. Oh, wow. Out of nowhere. She was not a part of this event. Um, she had no part of it at all. She just happened to be staying at the same hotel that I was at. And I totally fangirled and I was like, where am I? Um, and I hung out with her all night. She interviewed me on her Instagram story that night after we had a few drinks. Um, and I've never, that weekend I came back home and I said, I need more of these weekends. Mm. How can I get more of these weekends? This was the coolest weekend of my life. So I stopped posting the party pics and I started taking social media way more seriously. 
Um, and that's where the motivation and the ball started rolling and the goal came and the drive started. Um, and it was just a matter of trial and error. What was the first goal then? What was the first goal with your social? It wasn't to get booked because I was booked behind the chair at this point. I had plenty of yeah. clients. Um, it was just more for brand recognition. I think that was, was my goal because I never wanted to own a salon, but I was like, how can I make more money without like having to charge my clients a million dollars to get their highlights done? And I don't work in an area that I can charge $500 for a highlight. I just don't, Yeah. Um, you know, and like, how can I make more, but not own or go independent? And also like have fair prices. And that was where I was like, I need to focus on social media because when I connected with those people there, they were talking about campaigns, which I never even knew that word existed as far as hair went. And I'm like, what do you mean campaigns? And they're like, well, we get paid to post. I'm like, you do. And that's where it just like started rolling. That really opened up a whole world to you, right? There were, you, oh, yeah. suddenly, you, you saw a lot in that weekend. What a brilliant weekend. I saw so much. Um, I'm forever grateful for it and I still love Pureology products so you know um it was the best weekend I think it's just the start of the next part of my career mm. um the social media end yeah well done that's that's brilliant I, it, it takes a while to get to grips with it I think and it doesn't matter when you start with you started wherever you started it takes it you have to really look at it. And trial and error is what you said, which I think is a really good one. Uh, I always work on the premise of like 80% repeat and 20% try and see what happens with it. But when you started this like four years ago, Instagram was a very different place to how it is now. For sure. There wasn't even videos at that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, just photos. And then it started to transpire pretty quickly into stories and video was like happening, but not super happening. Mm. And then I went to another cool event. Um, OMG artistry, Olivia Smalley. She was teaching a class close to where I live and she needed a model. And I sent her pictures of my hair and she was like, you can be my model. I'm like, fabulous. And I was really at this point, I think I had like maybe 3000 or 4,000 followers. Oh, and by the way, when I did that Pureology event, I had 700 followers. Amazing, isn't it? You know? It's amazing that you were picked. They must have seen something. I have no clue. I mean, I do know that I was probably an afterthought because it was so close to the date. And when I went there, I was like, oh, wow, you came pretty quickly to Craig that lived in London. He's like, this has been planned for months. I'm like, yeah, not for me, <laughs> you know? Um, but like... It, besides the point, it doesn't matter. Um, it was oh. still the best weekend ever, but yeah. So I went to Olivia and I was at this point had like maybe 3000 or 4,000 followers. Maybe I actually, no, I remember it was 2,700 because I remember saying this to her and now I use this line. I said to her, I'm like, how do I gain followers? Like, I feel like that's what matters to get paid. And she was like, well, can you name 2,700 people? And I was like, no, and she was like, don't knock the 2,700. You don't even know all of them. And I was like, okay. Brings me back to being grateful to have 2,700 yes. and not just be like, but I need more, you know? Um, so that was a moment and that's what. It's the quality of them right? to begin with, right? It's about the engagement. It's about the conversations. Um, I think that's a really good one to point out. Do you yeah. know the 2,700? Yeah. And there was no chance that I could ever think of that many people. Um, so when I was with her, 
at this point, I had a relationship with Beauty Launchpad um, due to my stories. Um, I took stories pretty seriously. Like I would take photos and post the photos on my feed, but then I would film stories of like, this is her before, this is her processing, this is her after. And I would make it into a story. And I really hooked up my stories. And if anyone's wondering on my Instagram, in my highlights, I still have a lot of those takeovers that I did back in 2017, 2018, things like that. And I leave them there because growth, I think is super important. And it also keeps me relatable when people are like, oh, I can't be like her. It's like, no, look, yeah, like scroll down. I didn't delete anything. I want you to see where I came from. So... I, Beauty Launchpad knew I was going to be her model. They're like, do you mind? Would you take over Beauty Launchpad stories while you're at this um, class being the model? I said, sure. And Olivia said to me, she goes, well, why don't you take all these stories that you're making and make them into a video? And it was like such an aha moment. It's like, really, why didn't I think of that myself? But it took somebody that I looked up to, to like bring that to my attention. So that's what I started doing. I started taking anything I was making in my story, compiling it into a video and posting it. I think one of the other big things that was, yeah, I had 2,700 followers at that point. And at 3,500, I started getting paid. So, and I like to bring that up at my classes a lot too, because I feel like if that's your goal is to be known by brands and to be able to make an income, it's like, you don't need a hundred thousand followers to do so. You don't need 10,000 followers. I had 3,500 and BioIonic paid me and they paid me really well for being such a small following, but my quality of work was fabulous. Like my videos were good and they knew that it didn't matter how many followers I had. They needed the quality of a video. And the engagement was probably good as well, right? So people were communicating with you as well, which is the trifecta, isn't it? Yes. You know, great video brand and engagement. They actually didn't even pay me to post it. They paid me to make it for them for internal use and their own page. I never even posted the work. Oh, wow. That's a real twist. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, So whatever. Um, But yeah, that's it. And that actually was still the hardest job I've ever had was that, that one, that campaign with them. That was the hardest one, Um, but which taught me a lot. And it was my first one too. Yeah. But that's kind of where the ball really started rolling was the purology, focusing on staying consistent, um, meeting with Olivia, where she just kind of like put me back in my place, like 2,700 followers is a lot. You can't name those people. And then being like, take your videos and make it, take your story and compile it. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, let's do that. Mm. Um, As that time was going, I hit like, I think I hit 10,000 followers. 2020, I was in the pandemic. Like, I think I was home or right about to. And as when I came back to work after being home for those 10 weeks, that's how long we had off um, from where I'm from. And it came back, went to work and I started videotaping everything again. Cause I was like, yes, creative. I'm back. Like in my element, like let's film everything and everyone needs a makeover. This is fabulous. Um, you know, not fabulous as the work was out of control, but like it was a lot of opportunity and, um, being dyslexic. I always saw, I'm like, how could I like make videos easier to follow? Mm. Like, and make them more, um, educational. And that is when I started freezing my videos. And this is before anyone else. And I will stand on any stage and say this. I was the first one to freeze the video. And it was before any app had even the freeze button or the icon in the app. I literally had to go to like, let's say we're looking at a video and it was like 
two minutes and 92 seconds. And I wanted at one minute and 47 seconds for it to pause where it would show how I'm weaving or it's like a hot tip of my sectioning, but I wanted it to pause because sometimes you watch something on social media and we only have a minute to give. It goes so damn fast. What did you even learn? You know? So what I would do is I would pause it for a second, pause it for a second and really important spots of the video. Once I started doing that, I think Instagram recognized that this is new. She, you know what I mean? And no one else was doing it. Um, I gained 10,000 followers in one month and it just, it popped off. Like there was days I was getting like 1500 followers a day and I was like, holy shit, what the hell's happening? And I went to 10 to 30 in like a month and a half. Yeah. I found the same thing in, in lockdown. I mean, we had much longer in the UK than 10. We had like nine months in total, but yeah. But I found that by going live twice a week, my numbers just blew up. Um, and so it's interesting to hear your story and how it blew up for you and what you did in, in that as well. It's cool because lots of people were looking for help and support, right? And education and tips and tricks are amazing things to grow your account. For sure. Um, I also think for something like you and I, we didn't give up. We found another way to stay relevant, you know, mm. re- relevant, relevant, (laughs) Um, we stayed, we we tried to stay relevant in our clients' lives. That was my my main purpose. At this Mm. point, when you took me out of the salon and told me I couldn't do what I always love and like took my girl time away, my social time, like um, my money, my creativity, like what keeps me sane um, and the the love that I have for the the career that we do. um, I was like, well, how can I stay in my client's life if I can't see them. Mm. So I didn't just disappear because I was depressed and certainly was. Um, I just kept going and it would be something as let's show everybody how to use dry shampoo, (laughs) you know, um, a hair mask, um, anything I could do. And, And also what that time taught me was I would look at pictures because I couldn't create anymore right now on a client. I would look at pictures that I thought sucked and like one curl was out of place or that one highlight like took weird in the photo, wasn't going to post it. And at this point I didn't have anything new to create and I didn't want to keep posting old stuff. So I would just take a risk and post something that I thought wasn't that fabulous mm-hmm. and it would blow up and I would be like, Okay, stop being so hard on yourself. Yeah, we took 700 files at the beginning of lockdown and turned them into reels and all sorts of things and repurposed and, you know, changing the conversation with it, like you say, and found that to be incredibly important and potent as well, right? I mean, it's really fast acting. So coming out of lockdown, your numbers have blown up. We're in a are we out of lockdown? I don't know what we're in at the moment. We're in this sort of like inertia of it all. But you started collabing then with Jessica. Yeah. So her and I started becoming friends at that point. Um, I think that all of us had not much to do. So I was starting to reach out to people being like, hey, how did you do this? How did you make that? You know, asking questions. And Jessica and a few others were the ones that actually took the time to respond to me. I think so many people think they're better or whatever, and they don't take the time to respond at all and trial and error. And this is also something, one of the reasons why I started the um, class that I teach on with my, by myself, I teach a 
balayage or reverse balayage or foliage, whatever it may be. Um, but, and then content creation, because I feel like these days it's not just about the hair that you do. All of us are super talented. I mean, you can find education anywhere. click away. It doesn't matter. You can scroll and you're subconsciously learning. Yes. But I think what most people want to know is like, how can I put it on paper, if you will? Like we can all read a book, but we can't write one. And it's just same thing for hair. It's like, we can all do hair, but not all of us can take a good photo. Very true. Very true. And it it is a whole skill set, isn't it? For sure. And it's like, I, that's when I was like, you know, I think I want to start a class about content creation. And my boss was like, Adina, you got to do some sort of hair. And I'm like, I'll just do a root touch up. She's like, you need to do some sort of technique. You cannot <laughs> show a root touch up. Cause I was so scared. Like I really was like, well, I, I'm confident in hair, but like, I don't know if I'm confident to like do it in front of a bunch of people, but I'm confident in like content and like that's just on my phone and like whatever and she's like no you need to balayage so that that's just kind of like how the ball started rolling and it was like I feel like we need a class to give tips and tricks like I feel like sharing is caring no one can be you like you can give everyone your tips and tricks and like no one can be you like I've seen people this is why I like you this is why I like you because it is absolutely true. All these people that say, hold it back, save something. It's like, it's rubbish, right? Because right. it nobody can do it as you see it. All you can do is show how you see it. And then they take that away and then they put their own spin on it. In the salon, all six of you working, trained by the same person, will all approach it slightly differently. A hundred percent. Like no one can do it the same. Everyone can try to mimic, but at the end of the day, like, being authentic it comes out and I feel like you know Instagram um recognized that when I started doing the freezing of the videos I blew the hell up because I was different I tried something a little bit more people could actually learn from my videos because it didn't go so super quick yeah it slowed it down it paused it um and then everyone else started doing it. Um, people that don't even follow me, I see them doing it. And I'm happy that they're giving it a try and that they're even trying to make a, a video because that's so hard to do, um, especially if you're new to it. So then I'm like, well, I need to do something more that's just different now. I can't just be posting the same thing because now everyone else is doing it. And that's fine. I'm glad I gave everyone like um, inspiration, if you will. So then I started doing the green screen and trying to yes. explain it. Yes. And I think it's doing okay. It's not doing as fabulous as freezing did for me in the beginning, but... I like it. I like that. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, could I do that? And I'm like, oh, do I want to put my face on that? I'm <laughs> like, oh, maybe I could, because there's loads of stuff I could say now. This is where this went wrong, or this is what I was doing. But I'm like, that was a really good idea to do that, because you're, you've green screened it, and you're not... I thought maybe I could duet it, or but what do you do with it? But I liked it. I like the fact that you took a risk on it right and I also think with the green screen too it's like you're having a mini class because I'm speaking about it and it's not just a voiceover it's like I'm pointing I'm showing and you know some people will be like I don't like when you're in the videos I'm like then don't watch it like whatever no one asked for your opinion but thanks for the engagement like whatever um but then a lot of people enjoy it because I feel like they're taking a mini class um It's a taste of what you deliver. Right. And I think like for me too, it also is a video that I did like last year. And then I'm just green screening in front of, and it's repurposing content in a fabulous way. Yeah. I mean, that's really important that everyone understands the fact that you can reuse content. It doesn't have to be done that day at all. I'm reusing something that I was fiddling on early before we came on. I'm like, yeah, there's still a story in that. So 
going into a classroom and never doing a classroom. Oh my God, I think I'm going to need a part two with you. So going into a classroom and never having done it before, saying that you're going to go in and do a tin and then a, a, a content piece of it, and your boss is like, oh, come on now, give them some, give the people something, right? Okay. What was that like? How did you feel? I mean, the first time I ever went in front of an audience, I thought I was going to wet myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so funny, I planned a class, I think I had 7,000 followers. And I like to talk about this because people think that you can't teach, like you can teach whatever time you want. It's just a matter of people show up, like it doesn't matter. The class was actually scheduled for April of 2020 when we were um, closed. So I rescheduled it for June when we came back. Um, I was fully masked along with everyone else that was in the audience. That was really hard. My first class, I was in a mask screaming yeah. through the mask and projecting my, my voice. Um, I was scared. Like I literally was like shivering. Um, I remember the weekend before the class being like, you know, what? maybe I should just cancel it. I'm like, who cares? Like, you know, and I was so scared. But what I always remind myself when I'm having these feelings is you're never going to grow unless you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Ever. Like any new technique that I'm doing on someone's hair, I'm like, well, I better hope it's all right. And, but it's like, I know that's just going to give me growth. You know what I mean? Um, so I did it and I, it, um, and I learned a lot from that first class. Um, I remember I filmed 18 minute video and tried to edit that in front of a bunch of people. And I totally lost the whole entire crowd. I saw them like just disappear. Um, so now I have totally changed it and the class has transformed. I mean, there's so much more to it now. Mm. Um, and it just, it got me started. And after that class, I had someone in New Hampshire ask me if I'd go out there and teach. And I was like, sure. And it sold out and it just became a high and it's such a different part of it. And I've made so many friends, every class I make like two new besties. Cause it's like, you can tell who's really into it, you know, yes. who really wants to be there. And it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a focus for 2020, uh, two and 2023. I think it's just going to be even more. Mm, I agree. I love those moments when you're in the room, right? I mean, digital's great. I love digital and it's exposed me to so much. But when you're in the room and you see somebody's eyes light up and you know that that little tip that you've just spoke about is going to change the way they work, you know, and I, I just there's something about it that you just want more of it. It's a real rush because and it, it, yeah, it's just magical, I think. I just had a moment that happened um, on my hands on reverse balayage class there, you know, maybe this is something I probably shouldn't say, but whatever it is, what it is, you know, how there's just always this one old lady at the class that's literally sits there. And I'm like, why did you come? Because you instantly sat down and you act like, you know, more than me. And you may, you might, but you don't know this technique, mm. you know, you're here, you know, and I feel like there's always that one person that's sitting there. Like I have better things to do. And it's like, well, you paid to come here. I didn't drag you here. And this was this woman. And I remember thinking like, Oh God, she's going to be a pain in the butt. This whole class. I can just tell. And she was, um, and you know what? She just messaged me last week. And she sent me a picture of the before and a picture of the after of the technique that I taught her. And she's like, I'm obsessed with the technique. Thank you so much for teaching this. And I was like, mm. oh my God, that was a huge win for me. I could not believe yes. that I read her wrong. Like, you know, I really thought she was that person that was just going to be like, okay, I have better things to do. Cause that's how it felt. Mm. And anything, I, if I would ask, she asked a lot of questions. And I was like, well, no, that's, that's not today's class. Like this is a reverse balayage class or whatever it may be. And, um, it was so cool to get a message from her to be like, look at my before and after it was fabulous. Thank you for teaching. And I'm like, wow, 
Wow. You know, I didn't think that would be that way. And make you also look at yourself, right? And your, your judgments in it too. Just because somebody feels difficult, is it them or is it you? How, how you take stuff on. Right. Um, so your classes are taken off. I mean, your page is very educational. I find loads of tips. You gave that tip the other day with the piece of paper and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I'm always struggling with things. And I'm like, that's brilliant. And I love that added value that you add to it. How did you and Jessica get going on that because I mean you you two firecrackers together right (laughs) yes um she's a hot ticket um she set up a bunch of classes and then she asked me if I wanted to join her and I was like yeah whatever you want to do I'll do it with you and then that was it she gave me the dates and I was like sure and I took it off of work and that's just really how it transpired um her and I talk a lot though just as friends in general um so be doing these classes has been fun. It's fun to share the stage. It's nice to bounce ideas off of each other. And then for the people that are coming, it's like you get two for one. I met her last year at Behind the Chair and I just think she's like amazing, like <laughs> incredible. Like this little itty bitty woman that is just she so really powerful. Is. You know, she's three kids and all. I mean, she's a, she, she has to come on here too. So that's what the brilliant story. And it's all, a lot of it's very, very recent for you, which I think is magical. Mm-hmm. The L'Oreal Professional Ambassador bit, I know that you recently went to Paris. Yes. Yeah. And you're also doing, you're working with the brand. What's the ambassador role about for you and them? Um, well, honestly, it all started with a campaign. They messaged me or they emailed me about using metal detox. And I said, sure, totally interested. Sounds great. I didn't think it would transpire to anything else other than just doing this campaign. Um, then I started using metal detox and I'm like, holy shit, it's like magic in a bottle. Holy shit. It is magic in a bottle, isn't it? Oh my God. And like, we have tons of hard water, tons of well water in my area. It is a game changer. Every single station has metal detox in the salon now. Like yeah. no one doesn't get metal detox at this point. And I love the product. So the content came easy. Um, posting came easy. It was great. Um, they paid me really great. And at the end of the campaign, I said, hey, let me know if you would want to continue this exact campaign because I love working with Metal Detox and I have no problem to keep posting about it. And their response was, well, we have other ideas for you. When can we get on a call? And then they asked me if I'd want to be a part of their team, uh, be an ambassador. Of course, I was like, well, first I need to try your products. Like, <laughs> I've never used um, LP before. And they were like, okay. So they sent me like a bunch of products. And I'm obsessed with Blonde Studio 9 and the clay lightener. It's just like incredible. And deal light for my blondes. And I was like, holy shit, I really love this. Because I feel like it it doesn't like sink in and make it like dull. If anything, they feel softer and shinier. And it's incredible. There's no, back- there's no background to it. That's why. it's right. It's so pretty. And I'm like you, I was like, oh, I, you know, liked a particular liquid glaze. And I'm like, mm. but then when I went to DLI, I was like, oh my God, you know, why have I been ignoring that for so long? So yep. interesting. And Paris. But I think this is like, it tops pureology for sure. Um, not because of location, just because of like the moment that it was. Um, I went, I mean, it it always like makes me teary eyed. So don't mind me, but, um, I went with Jessica. We met, I've never met Jessica in person until we taught our first class together. Is that hysterical? Hilarious. Um, so her and I, we got down to South Carolina. We taught her class. It was great. Um, I'm never drinking before class again, ever. (laughs) We all, we all learned that one. (laughs) That was incredible. I remember being like, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) And then 
I don't know, when you got a rally, rally, and I got up there and did my thing. And then I was like, the minute the class was over, I'm like, I'm back to being hungover. I need a drink or something. I'm not okay. Um, but yeah, no, we taught that class. It was freaking awesome. Um, I got home and I had 20 hours to pack, to get ready and to get back on a plane to go to Paris. I mean, first things first, they flew me first class, which I've never flown first class before. So to put my feet up in a plane and lay all the way down, it was just like, wow, like where the hell am I? Um, And I didn't sleep, even though I should have, because I had to start working the minute I landed, but I couldn't sleep because my nerves were crazy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in a plane with my feet up. What the hell is going on? Like, and I'm enjoying the moment. And it finally was like a, also a time for me to sit. And I was just watching TV and like zoning and like taking a chill moment. Cause I just came back from South Carolina where it was like crazy, but I needed to sleep. I didn't. So I got off the plane. Um, they had a chauffeur waiting for me, which I was like, <laughs> in with a sign with my name and everything. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And then um, I went to Paris or went to um, L'Oreal headquarters and we started working the minute I got there. I did not sleep for like, I think it was like 27 hours. Mm-hmm. It, I've never pulled an all-nighter, not even in my 20s. So that was like pretty incredible. Thank God for espresso. Um, and I learned a lot. It's the same similar something with Pureology where um, I learned a lot about the brand. But we also, um, I'm a part of a team of four that we, there's a new product coming out in 2023. And I can't tell you anything about it because it says they can sue me up to a million dollars, which I don't know where they would find, but I don't want them to find out. Um, and the product is fabulous and everyone's going to love it. And I'm super excited about it too. And I'm, I'm really happy that I'm working on a product that I also like, I'm very passionate for. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy because they want my opinion. And I'm like, why do you like, this is just wild. Like, why do I like this more than this? And like using it. And they had me looking at hair strands and I'm like, what am I supposed to be looking at? They're like, well, what do you think of it? And I'm like, piece of hair. And you know, they're like, well, the, the elasticity, I'm like, okay, I've never looked at hair like that. I've never looked at an individual piece. I've always looked at it as a whole, you know, or section or so, but like never as a strand. Um, so I learned a lot, but and I made really cool friends that were from all around the country or the, the country, the world. And then last morning I woke up and I was like, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go down there, have breakfast, have an espresso, sit by myself and like take it in because I never take cool moments of my life in. I never sit down and like take like a moment to be like, wow, that like, this is incredible. You know, yeah. like I'm always just like, all right, that was great. Let's go. Let's go. Like, let's go here. Like I'm always just busy. Um, and I sat down, I looked like Jacqueline Hyde. Like I started crying and then I'm laughing at myself cause I'm crying and I'm like, you look like an idiot, but like whatever. And, but really though, it was just like such a moment to sit there and be like, wow. Like to the girl that teachers told that you would never make any money. You never, you know, you, you what's your backup plan? Um, the young woman that walked around the hair show and said, oh, I'm just a small town girl. Yeah. Yeah. I sat there in Paris launching a product in 2023. That's a hell of a story, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, I grew up with nothing. I grew up with a single mom. We lived with my grandmother. Like, never thought I'd be where I am today, ever. Um, Never. Um, And that morning, I'm just sitting there having my my coffee and um, a croissant. I was like, wow. This is me. You know, you sat there. This is me. What a wonderful moment. It doesn't, it takes me a lot to like get emotional. So the fact that like, I even had a moment of like tears of happiness 
is like the not something that I ever experience. So that's why I was laughing at myself. I'm like, who the hell is this girl? <laughs> I'm having tears of happiness. I don't know. If, I didn't even cry at my own wedding. I was like about time, you know? Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was just like a moment of just like, I can't believe this is me. I mean, I grew up with nothing and the, everyone told me you're not going to do boy- great with hair. I remember like my dad specifically being like, you got to go get your associate's degree. I'm like, for what? Like, I'm not going to college. I hate college. Um, mm. I mean, the idea of school was horrible. Uh, and there I am sitting in Paris on first class with a chauffeur, with my espresso, with all these amazing people from across the world coming together, wanting to know my opinion about a new product that's launching. And there it is. And there it is, eating a proper croissant. <laughs> it tastes very different. It tastes very different, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. What an amazing story. I mean, I just think that's so inspiring to hear that and to that you're, you've kept yourself humble in it. You've not gone over the top or anything like that, which is great because that's an easy fall for people, I think. What's next for you? Can you, if you've got any, what's your next goal as we end up this fantastic hour of chat? I think my next goal is to, I want to take myself away from being behind the chair 40 hours a week because I still am mm-hmm. um, and teaching every other weekend. Um, I think I want to take my hours down to three days a week, um, creating boundaries because that's something that I have not done with my clients. Like I've always just, I'm like, yeah, text me, whatever, like no big deal. And having time for me and doing what I love at the same time. And I feel like I'm having a hard time balancing my personal life with my work life. So 2023, I feel like it's going to be a shift in schedule and more classes, um, I feel like that's that's next. I feel like that's my next place I want to be. And that's not an easy goal to get either. I find I find myself continually torn between not saying no to the jobs because I love the travel, then not having enough time to do the people in the salon. And I reduced it to three days when I moved to the USA. But then the content on top of that, because you've got to feed the machine, which which then feeds you, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 a if you've got any tricks let me know dm me please (laughs) i will try um yeah i feel like that's that's the goal is to try to take care of myself take away from behind the chair too much um and focus on like education because it's truly what i love doing i love going into other salons and inspiring others thank you adina for coming on today and telling your story it is an amazing story it really is and i look forward to still messaging you i look forward to watching your star shine and um well done you congratulations thank you thank you for having me thanks so much so i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did making it for you don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favorite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor, C-O-L-O-R.com. 